Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Rosemary Lombardi, who has 35 years' experience as a financial advisor. Using this professional experience, along with her personal experience of surviving domestic abuse and drawing the stories of other women in similar circumstances, Rosemary has written an important and empowering book called Breaking Bonds. Rosemary Lombardi, good morning and many thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am really excited to have you with us because you are such an important wealth of information, information that is really critical about a topic, a, a situation in our society that is really so abhorrent, and yet uh, the statistics are really incredible in terms of domestic abuse, domestic violence, being that one in four women really is subject to this. Isn't that right? One in four women have been subjected to um physical abuse at some point during their lifetime, but almost half have been subject to psychological aggression. So um, that that can be very destructive as well um, to her self-esteem and also the uh, family. Uh, It affects children as well. So it's really important that women know that they do have options and that they can change their situation. And when you mention the statistic about psychological abuse, sometimes I feel that that can be even worse than the physical. Physical, of course, is very bad. No two ways about that. The psychological abuse is so impactful, it seems almost even more destructive than physical abuse can be. Well, it it can be very insidious. There are lots of things that abusers can do, such as uh, bullying, shaming, name-calling, very controlling behavior, pushing away friends and family members so she doesn't have a support system to rely on, um, taking control of the money so she really has no means of escape, gaslighting which is really crazy-making to make her question her own sanity. Um, I was subjected to that, and it's actually a lot more common than you might think. And in over 90%, it's actually closer to 99%, the last study I saw, where there is domestic violence, there's also financial abuse. So uh, typically when a woman prepares to leave, if she notifies her abuser prematurely, he's likely to drain the bank account so she cannot leave or she has to accept a very unfavorable settlement. So that's why I decided to write the book because I had been subjected to a number of things and I also have a lot of clients who went through divorces. Not all of them were abusive, but a lot of them involve financial abuse as well. So I do illustrate what I did right, what I did wrong, what uh, some of my clients went through, uh, where I thought it could really help someone prepare uh, so that uh, she would be able to leave and minimize the damage because there's going to be damage, um, but she can minimize it by taking steps. I have a free 11-step prep guide to prepare to leave your abuser that's on my website. Uh, www.breakingbonds.com. Uh, 
Um, I also have a book that just came out, uh, Breaking Bonds, How to Divorce an Abuser and Heal, a Survival Guide. You can buy it on my website at Barnes & Noble, on Amazon. It's available um, in Kindle and paperback. So um, I'm trying to get those resources out to women so that they can, in fact, get out and break the cycle of abuse in their families because it's very, very common for children in that situation to view abuse as normal and become abusers or victims themselves. That's what happened to me. So it's not uncommon. And we now are dealing with teen dating violence as well. Most teenagers do not uh, confide in an adult if it's going on. So it's, it's really important that this topic get a light shined on it and that women have the tools that they need to uh, heal and change their, their lives for the better. So the, the book does provide a lot of um, ways to reduce stress so that she can get strong enough that she can leave. And, and I think that's, that's important as well because many women uh, develop what's, what I call learned helplessness. I've read about it elsewhere where um, they don't think they have options. And they really do. They really can get out. And um, if their abuser is not willing to admit what he did was wrong and go to therapy and change his behavior, she really does not have a choice. She needs to get out. And what often is the case in, in terms of that kind of abuser, they're so charming and disarming that it's Anyone on the outside thinks, oh, she's probably just really blowing this thing out of proportion. So that's why having some independent source, such as yourself, Rosemary, such as this book, A Survival Guide, Breaking Bonds, really helps for a woman to really realize that she is not thinking wrongly, that this is going to be supportive. Exactly. And... Um some of the resources that I provide on the website include an emergencies tab and also counseling. You know, she can access counseling at a reduced rate, legal help at a reduced rate, or maybe even free, depending on her specific circumstances. Most women who have been psychologically abused or physically abused have been traumatized and some of them end up with PTSD, as I did. And there are treatments for that that they they use on veterans. There's one that's called EMDR that was very, very effective for me, but it was not an overnight uh, thing. I had to go through a number of treatments. And sometimes it does take a long time to heal, but it's, it's well worth making the effort. Uh, saying positive affirmations, validating herself, and practicing self-care because she probably has had her needs and wants invalidated for so long and been convinced to put herself last. And if she wants to protect her family, she really needs to put herself first and take care of herself and learn how to protect herself so she can get out. And that, again, is why this book, Breaking Bonds, is so important and so validating because it brings up all of these points and really outlines them very specifically. So there is that education that's going on and someone that is believing in her. 
Right. And I do provide a lot of financial information. Women typically are less literate than men when it comes to finances and investments. So it's really important that she educate herself. I've been a financial advisor for almost 40 years now, and I offer a different perspective in my book. Most divorce books are written by attorneys who are not professionally trained to give financial advice, and yet a lot of women rely solely on their advice in making irrevocable financial decisions. I can tell you my own attorney gave me bad advice in a couple of situations, and I did my own research. So it's really important that she know what the minefields are and that she take responsibility for the outcome of her divorce herself. So there's so much available online and different books that um, I think it's, it's really important for women to take responsibility, not only for their financial future, but also for their own happiness. Um, everyone is responsible for their own happiness. And that's a, that's a big thing that I put in the, in the book is that um, if you're in a bad situation, do something, change your situation um, so that you can live a, a full and productive life. And um, I, I can tell you as a, as a Catholic, it was very, very difficult to end the marriage because we, we are taught from a young age that you stay together, you don't break up the family, you stay for the children. And um, it's not good for children to be in a toxic environment. And um, there's, a, there's a bit of spirituality in the book to help people, and I think God hates violence more than he hates divorce. You cannot be your best self or be the person that God wants you to be if you're constantly being beaten down by your spouse who's supposed to love and cherish you, and you deserve better, and um, you need to do something about it to, to, to change your situation. And I think if we also look at it in terms of there's a, a, a feeling of, well, I shouldn't do this because the church is saying I shouldn't do this. The thing is to look at what children in that environment, if there are children, are learning from that. But also to, yes, as you were saying, right. Rosemary, that violence is abhorrent too against the, the woman. And it doesn't necessarily have to be physical violence. If it's psychological violence... Um, you know, my my spouse called me damaged goods, and I see that a lot on private Facebook groups that they have for um, women who are going through a divorce um, or narcissist uh, abuse, um, that the name-calling is so destructive. And if you keep hearing the same thing over and over and over again, you know, it gets drilled into your brain. You, you literally get brainwashed uh, by this nonsense. And um, that's why I think it's really critical that you practice self-care, do positive affirmations, um, go for walks in, in nature, reconnect with God, uh, listen to uplifting music, do everything in your power to uh, take care of yourself so that you can get out. And for many women, um, it's really, really hard uh, to do that because they've been taught that they're worthless. 
And I had a therapist many years ago who told me, fake it till you make it. Treat yourself as you would a good friend with compassion. Don't expect yourself to be perfect. You don't, you're not supposed to be perfect. You're supposed to learn and improve your life and treat yourself well. And the self-worth will come over time once you get out of that toxic environment. And that's such a critical thing. I can appreciate that being downtrodden, a a woman may feel that she just has no value. And to try and extract herself from that situation, to try and make herself feel as though she has value, which of course she does, could be very challenging. And how do we inspire that, Rosemary? Well, you know, I think really um, there are a lot of websites and podcasts like yours that are uplifting, that are encouraging. Um, that's why it took me 10 years to write this book. I wanted to, I wanted to get it right. Um, I really want to encourage women to think and, and act for themselves and to educate themselves and uh, empower them to improve their lives and you know it's really up to them you know nobody else is going to do it for them they have to do it for themselves and usually there's a tipping point there's a a breaking point where their spouse does that one thing that really gets her angry because most most women turn anger inward on themselves and they become depressed partly because they've been taught by society that, you know, for a woman to get angry is not okay. It's okay for a man to get angry and take care of himself, but it's not okay for a woman. And I really thanked God for giving me the blessing of anger because it helped propel me to make changes. So it's a step up uh, from depression, and it can really motivate you to make changes in your life. I'm not talking about reacting. Uh, what I'm talking about is harnessing your anger to, because your anger is, is a message, I think, from God, from your body that something is really wrong and needs to change. And figure out how you're going to respond or if you're going to respond at all. Um, maybe the anger will be enough to propel you forward so that you will prepare to leave. And, and take the actions that you need to take to protect yourself. So when I finally got angry, that one episode, that, that one moment where he crossed a line, that was enough to get me going and get through the next two years because it took me two years to extricate myself from him. So it's kind of a marathon. Hopefully, you know, most divorces can be resolved within a year, not always. You know, it just really depends. But I also learned that I had to really push my attorney to set a court date. So, um, you know, you have to stick up for yourself. And learning how to stick up for yourself can be really liberating, especially when you get older. You're less worried about what other people think. And, And you should be. And if friends or family question you're leaving the marriage, You can tell them you're leaving because of abuse, and uh, if they ask any further questions, say, I have a therapist for that. Uh, Learning how to set boundaries is extremely important for these women because um, 
you know, there's no obligation for you to confide everything. In fact, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> so um, keeping keeping things separate in terms of what you're responsible for and what someone else is. So, you know, typically women in this situation can be doormats. I know I can. So you may be asked by well-meaning people to volunteer or they may volunteer you to, to, to do something they don't want to do themselves. And you have to say no when you're going through a divorce. You've got to marshal all of your energy and time and attention towards getting through this with your family. So you've got to learn how to put yourself first. It's really important. Absolutely. So putting yourself first, and if there are children involved, to really do this for them as well, uh, protecting them and giving them the best possible education, emotional education, and and just uh, that cellular education about how to be living their life and and be taking good uh, care of themselves. Right, because by taking care of yourself, you're giving your children permission to take care of themselves and set healthy boundaries too. They're they're not going to pay as much attention to what you say as what you actually do for yourself. So it's it's really important that you not continue letting someone mistreat you in front of your children because they may learn to not respect you either. And uh, it's not their fault. It's really up to you to take responsibility for how you let anyone treat you, including your own children. And um, I had to renegotiate my relationship with my own children after the divorce. And it was really surprising to me because I found that setting boundaries and saying no, because I was basically a yes, because I felt guilty, um, you need to let go of the guilt. It, it doesn't help your children, doesn't help you. Um, setting boundaries with them and saying no and not letting them change your mind um, is really, really important. They came around very, very quickly, so it's surprising. And I think uh, especially younger children feel relieved when they do have boundaries. You know, they don't want to have to set them themselves. They're just children. It's really up to the you as an adult to set those boundaries for them. And they are very resilient. So even if they have witnessed abuse, children do recover, especially with counseling, can be extremely helpful. And having discussions with them when they're adults. As long as they're young children living inside the home, it is better not to confide in your children. You know, if you have to tell them something, uh, tell them, Daddy did a bad thing. I, I don't feel safe staying with him. I don't feel safe leaving you with him. Not that Daddy is a bad person, because that will come back and bite you. They're going to always love their dad, no matter how bad he is. So if you want to really rail against him, do that with your therapist. And really putting that into children's minds to underscore that when they realize that there are negative behaviors going on, underscoring it is not going to ultimately help them. And it's not good for ourselves either. We just want to be thinking proactively and moving forward. Yes. I mean, they've already seen it. They know it's going on. It's really important to protect their childhood. So in terms of 
needing to leave. If it's really a violent situation, then something like that uh, will mean moving very quickly. But perhaps there's still you know, along the way, a way to prepare oneself. And you give us these really helpful guides within the book, Breaking Bonds, Rosemary, different kinds of guides of what to prepare. Well, um, you know, I talk about safety first. Your, Your family's personal safety is the only thing that really matters. And if you have children, you must take them with you or you could lose custody or the court might view it that you're lying about the abuse. So do not leave without the children. And if you're being subjected to physical violence, you must take the home and leave right now and you will not be able to prepare. And, you know, you can, you can do things um, after you leave um, to, uh, to go through the divorce, you won't have enough uh, enough time to um, get out, but, but your life's the most important thing. Um, if you don't have a place to stay, um, call the domestic violence hotline at 800-799-7233 for assistance. Um, they will find you a place to stay that is safe and protected. So um, that's really important. Uh, if you possibly can, before you alert your abuser that you plan to leave, set aside hard cash for emergencies. Um, I have a um, an article about uh, uh, packing a to-go bag uh, with different things before you leave. Um, and then disclose to your attorney that uh, when you meet with them the first time or her the first time uh, that you moved half the cash to an account because you knew that your abuser would drain the account and you need money to pay bills. And then um, the attorney can uh, take him to, to court for additional assistance. And, um, you know, you can inform your attorney if you're being subjected to physical violence that um, you're staying in, in a shelter or at someone's home and that you really need to have your address protected so he cannot find you. The to-go bag, and as I said, it's on the 11-step guide that's on my website, so you don't necessarily have to write this down, but, you know, have cash, your driver's license, credit cards, checkbook, a list of your assets and debts, a set of clothes for you and the children, uh, some toys, court papers, um, like a restraining order if you have one, your passport, birth certificates, medical and immunization records, your marriage certificate, social security cards, welfare documents, immigration papers, and other legal documents such as your will or power of attorney. Um, Keep copies of court papers in your possession to prove to the police that your spouse is violating a a restraining order if if you have to summon them. I think that's really, really important. Um, make copies of bank and other financial statements, deeds, um, pay stubs, recent tax returns, uh, emails or posts that incriminate your abuser or prove his infidelity, and do this without alerting him that you plan to file. You, you've got to store this evidence someplace safe outside the home where he's not able to find it because he is likely to remove or destroy it. And any pictures of physical abuse, 
date them, start documenting, if you haven't already, the verbal abuse or other abuse in a journal that you keep outside the home. If he becomes violent, uh, which he may after you file, even if there has not been physical violence present, he may become unhinged. You must call the police immediately and have them take pictures. Make sure you've written down the names of the officers who are present. And have your abuser arrested. Insist on it. If you give him a free pass, the abuse may escalate, and you have to protect yourself. Um, protect your credit. Um, I, I advise women, if they don't have a credit card in their own name already, uh, to get one uh, before they file because they may not be able to get a credit card based on their income alone, especially if they've left the workplace to raise children. So, you know, if you qualify with your spouse's income, go ahead and, and apply for and obtain that credit card first. And then as soon as you file for divorce, close out joint credit cards that have a zero balance and put a freeze on the other credit cards um, that are joint, jointly held because you will be held just as liable by the credit card companies as your husband through the date the marriage is dissolved. So if he runs up a lot of credit card bills, even if he is allocated that debt in the divorce, the credit card company doesn't care. You sign for the debt, you owe it just as much as he does. So that's why I think it's important to put a freeze on those cards. Um, I also advise women to order a credit report um, periodically during the divorce and then after. Uh, my ex opened a bank account without my knowledge online and then bounced checks. And um, I had to go into the bank with a copy of the uh, divorce agreement and insist that they hold him solely responsible. They wanted to hold me responsible for the debt. They said, well, it's a joint account. You have to pay it. And I did not authorize it. So, you know, the only reason why I was aware of it is I got a notice from the bank that I had these bounced checks, so, which was mortifying because I'm a financial advisor. So they will pull stuff, believe me. You know, as, as I mentioned earlier, confide well. You know, some of your friends and colleagues and family members may be very judgmental or worse, repeat to others what you've said to them in confidence. And word may get back to your, your abuser. So, you know, it's really important that you confide mostly in a therapist and your dog and give it to God. <laughs> you know, the other thing that I will say is don't rely too heavily on your friends. They have their own problems and you want them to be happy to hear from you when you call. So, be mindful of that in terms of how you handle this very, very difficult time. You will need physical energy and brain power to deal with your spouse because chances are the abuse is going to escalate. Accept that and begin making changes right now in your daily routine. Take care of your diet. Get enough sleep. Stay hydrated. You know, these basic little things are so crucial to making sure that you're at your best because you're in a war basically until the divorce is over and choose not to be a victim anymore. Stop blaming yourself. He's been brainwashing you into believing that everything is your fault. You know, that's typical abuser behavior. 
making you and your children miserable. So I really want women to take back their power. It's kind of like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. She had the power all along in her ruby slippers <laughs> and just didn't know it. So I think it's really important that women take back their power, take responsibility, educate themselves, and staying mad through the divorce because that will help propel you forward to not accept an unfavorable settlement. And my last chapter is on forgiveness because once you no longer need the anger, you need to let it go. So um, my biggest problem was forgiving myself for putting up with it for so long. And then I also had to forgive my abuser because God loves him too. And that was really, really hard. And I figured out, I thought I had a moral defect because I had a really hard time forgiving him. And I found out that because I had PTSD, I was reliving those incidents as if they just happened. And once I was able to treat the PTSD, it made it a whole lot easier to forgive. So you may not be able to forgive right away because you've been traumatized. So that's something to talk with your therapist about. And not all therapists are trained in EMDR, but if yours isn't, you, you can get a referral to someone who will help you with that. What I feel that you've done for us, Rosemary Lombardi, is given us a very comprehensive and holistic approach to self-care, how to deal with a relationship that is not working any longer and, in fact, is destructive. And with our conversation this morning, with your personal experiences, along with being a financial advisor, and now providing this book, Breaking Bonds, you give us, like, such great support and direction and information. Now, let's mention the website once again. It's www.breakingbonds.com. And you can go to Amazon and find the book, Breaking Bonds, How to Divorce an Abuser and Heal. Perfect. I'm so grateful to you and for spending time with us this morning, Rosemary. Thank you greatly. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a very important topic, and I'm grateful that you're uh, willing to address it. Oh, most certainly. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Rosemary Lombardi and Sunday Morning Magazine with Dr. Mark Goldston. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I'm going to get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Click on the on-air tab, then Sunday mornings, and then look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of compassion, of truly listening to each other. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9.